when I have him on the phone, he's just, like, really weird and annoying, like, in this way. I guess, you know, people don't really talk about what's bothering them. They, yeah. they come up with, like, other things to, you know, talk about. But he uh, he went through this whole deal about um, how the Romney campaign is behind the uh, – the big explosions that happened at Con Edison, which is the power plant, which is not that far from his house. And I saw it on TV, and it really did look like, it like lit up the sky or whatever, the, the explosions that happened. He goes, well, those, those, those explosions look really suspicious. That couldn't have happened from just flooding. And I'm like, yeah, that's what happens with electricity yeah. and water. You know what I mean? It kind of blows up. And uh, he says that, like, this is the October surprise and that, like, um, this is all a big plot so the Republicans can take over the, the you know, the country again. And, I mean, I don't know. But even if, like, even if that wasn't an issue, he talked about Obama not being liberal enough. So he just doesn't want to be happy for any reason. Well, I think, I think it makes, you hear something like that makes perfect sense to me because we've been in this, sort of fevered pitch, you know, election stuff, and everybody's kind of gone temporarily insane, <laughs> it seems like. So, and, and then when something bad happens, you want you want to be able to blame, you know, you want to know why it happened, and you want to know who's responsible. You know, I think that's natural. And when you don't have an answer for one of those things, you, you make one sometimes. You know, I think... It's just, like, something that people want to – I don't know. I think that it's really a shame what's happening in Manhattan. Apparently, like, there's no electricity below a certain point. I'm like – I just shudder to think what that's like. And there's, so I'm not many, and there's so many people there in that area, too. That's the thing. It's just – obviously, I'm not sure when this will um, when this will air or be published, This this our, our conversation, but obviously – uh, as of, we're recording this, this is November 1st. Uh, it's right after the you know, Sandy uh, struck the northeast there and right before the election. So just to kind of put this in context for people who are hearing this later. The one thing that is kind of – I mean, the one thing I can tell you about that's kind of specific and unique to me that would be um, – sort of a lens into something else happening is that I'm a city employee. Mm-hmm. I work for the city of New York. I'm a school social worker. And uh, I work in Staten Island, which is a, a community that was very hard hit. I'm really not, like, relishing going back to work because mm-hmm. I know that I'm going to have my work cut out for me. I know that there's going to be a lot of students that I work with whose homes are completely destroyed mm-hmm. or they're traumatized by, like, events like having to swim out of their windows or be airlifted off of their roofs. I'm pretty sure that that has happened to at least one kid I know. And, like, in the past 10 months, there have been two suicides in Staten Island of young girls Mm -hmm. um, who were peripherally known by a lot of kids that I work with. Now, it's a very small island, and everybody knows each other. And apparently there were, like, at least 19 deaths on Tannel, and two of which were young children. And because it's such a small community, even though it's, like, it's a pretty big place, but um, it's just one of those investors' communities where everybody knows each other kind of thing, 
I'm sure that there are a lot of people who are affected by this. Oh, yeah. So, uh, I have to go to work tomorrow. Um, the, the mayor made an announcement that he will, he expects all school employees to come to work, but that students are not expected until Monday. Now, what we are expected to do once we get to work, I have no idea. And, um, like, I'm a member of the United Federation of Teachers, the union, and, you know, the union's website is down, and they're using their Facebook page to communicate with members, and not everybody has Facebook, and not everybody, like, has access to their page. Like, I didn't follow their page until, like, basically today. Um, But apparently the mayor is asking people to go to work, even though there are huge you know, traffic jams, people are waiting to get into the Lincoln Tunnel for four hours at a time, and there's no way to get through the Holland Tunnel. It's shut down, and they have these um, limits on how many people can get into Manhattan in a car. So you have to have at least three people in your car in order to get into Manhattan. And I'm not going to Manhattan. I'm going to, uh, to Staten Island, and I'm pretty sure I'm going to be able to get where I'm going okay. Like, I heard that my where my school has power and that the neighborhood has power, but, like, I, I usually bring my lunch to work, and I, you know, I'm displaced from my mother-in-law's house, and, you know, we didn't have a refrigerator until we got a generator today, so it's not like I can bring anything with me. And, um, I don't know, it's, like, so I'm supposed to go into work tomorrow, but I don't know what's going to be there for me to see. Right. And in addition to that, like, there's all this controversy, you know, should the mayor have made people come to work on Friday after being off for a whole week when they might have lost their homes, right. they might have lost a family member, they might have be displaced and have no electricity, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but it's not like I would expect anything different from him. Do you think he's afraid of um, not being seen as doing enough or... No, I really, I think that he had anticipated that things would be improved when he made the announcement that people should go back to work on Friday. Mm -hmm. However, um, I don't think things have improved enough, but he's not going to go back on what he said. Mm -hmm. And the way that they've been able to get around that is that if you – are absent tomorrow due to some sort of hardship, like no childcare or being someplace far away or not having gas or whatever it is, the reason you can fill out this form online and say, this is my reason. And then they'll be reviewed by some sort of committee. And if it's good enough reason, they won't take away your sick time for that day. And the last time this was done, basically every request was granted. So it's like, they have the expectation that everybody should come into work, but at the same time, can you close the door, please? Um, they have the expectation that people should come into work, but at the same time, they're not, I guess they're kind of expecting that a lot of people won't. Yeah. Did you say you were at your mother-in-law? Yes. How, how long have you been there? been here since Tuesday morning. I was at MaxFunCon for, like, the best 
weekend in a long time. I have a small child. I have a, a 17-month-old baby. Oh, wow. And this was the first time that we had been able to get away um, and have her watched by my my mother-in-law while we had a, a fun experience. Mm-hmm. And um, you might want to bring that down. Uh, so uh, we were really psyched to have this really fun, you know, experience. We really did have a great time. Like, my husband wasn't really um, – I had been to two next one cons before, and he thought that it was going to be all about me because I've been, you know, part of that community for a while. And he really had a good time. We saw a great presenter. I really had an awesome, awesome experience. Um, and uh, it was kind of weird to, like, hear about this, like, big storm while we were there because, like, we were having this wonderful vacation and then people were talking about this terrible storm and I was like, that never really happened. Mm-hmm. And then on our way back, things on in, in the car, um, my husband was driving and we had a couple of passengers. Uh, one of the people who had rode down with us was going to get a ride to somewhere else but said, can I get a ride back with you? I'm going to stay with my friends in New Jersey because I I don't think it's a good idea to go to Brooklyn. They've shut down public transportation. And I was like, what do you mean they've shut down public transportation? And then the, the other guy that we were giving a ride to was like, oh, yeah, I have to be on the on the train by this. They're going to shut down New Jersey Transit at 4 o'clock, so I have to be back there as soon as possible. So we kind of had to get out of there really quickly. And we didn't really listen to the news or anything like that, and my baby was still with her grandma, so we we thought it was okay. And we could have gone to my mother-in-law's on Sunday night. But we went to this, like, potluck. And then after that, we were kind of tired. And we heard that, you know, the weather was getting worse. But we were like, oh, this isn't really going to amount to anything. Mm-hmm. So when we woke up in the morning to drive down and get my baby, um, the wind was too strong to really drive safely. So we ended up um, going back home. And we stayed at home for uh, that night. And it wasn't, there wasn't any rain or anything. It was, there was very little rain. But the winds were hugely, I mean, they were just really strong winds, like winds I've never experienced before. And it got to the point where I didn't even want to look out the window because, like, watching the trees kind of. You guys were home? Yes, we were home. Uh, watching the trees, like, you know, really sway, like, big, strong trees, like, swaying in, the, in this really strong wind. It just got really scary after a while. So we closed all the all the um, the drapes and everything like that, and we, we hunkered down and watched the sound of music because at that point we still had power and cable and everything. So we watched the sound of music because I had never seen it before, and, like, I just kind of wanted to do something that would get my mind off of it. Which is kind of funny because that's what the, whole, the sound of music is all about, like keeping your mind off of some terrible things happening. But uh, we watched that, and like almost right after we finished it, um, we were able to watch like 10 minutes of news where they showed the coverage of the Conet uh, plant exploding, and they showed the coverage of like the area near my dad's house being flooded. And I was also checking Facebook and Twitter a lot. Um, I never used Twitter before. Uh, I mean, I did. I had an account, and I had tried to use it, but I didn't understand it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but 
Twitter has been so helpful during this whole situation because it's like up-to-the-minute news. It was really super awesome. So anyway, I knew a couple of people still live in my dad's neighborhood, and I had talked to my dad a couple of times, and he was just like, oh, yeah, um, you know, I got this sub sandwich. I'm totally fine, and, you know, I filled up these buckets of water, and I'm like, Dad, you know, uh, my my best friend from childhood uh, still lives in that neighborhood, and she goes, First Avenue, which is one block from where my dad lives, is completely flooded, and that's like maybe two or three blocks from where the river is. So the the, the river must have flooded pretty bad for it to be flooded considerably yeah. two blocks away, yeah. um, three blocks away. It's a good it's a good distance. I mean, like it would take you a while, and um. I've seen pictures of, like, subway stations that, you know, there's the sidewalk and then there's, like, stairs that go down into the subway tunnel. Mm -hmm. And, like, at the top of the stairs, that's where the water is. So the entirety of the subway system was flooded. flooded. Just one second. There's a a chance that this isn't being recorded because Noah got lost. Oh, okay. Uh, but we knew that was a possibility. I'm fine to continue talking, uh, just to talk to you <laughs> for a little bit. And then if it, if we get it, record, if it records, it, it, it's fine. If not, that's fine. But And I, and I apologize um, if it doesn't. But No problem. Uh, but I'm, I'm sorry. I just want to let you know that. <laughs> oh, that's uh, so go ahead. And I, I don't even know who you are or what this is for at all. I just... <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's actually the way I prefer it. <laughs> no, I mean, this, this is... And there's the link. The thing I linked to when I posted about it, you can, you can go look there and it'll count. There's some past episodes there and uh, kind of been on hiatus since May. But Noah wanted to, he was interested in it and I was interested in getting going again and he he wanted to do some producing. So is it like the? It's not like the best show or no. It is literally no. Path. It is not. It is. <coughs> excuse me. The idea is that I'm just going to call someone, preferably preferably somebody that I don't know or somebody I don't know very well. And I'm just going to talk to them for around 30 minutes or so, and that's it. I'm just going to have a conversation. You know, I, I'm very interested in that for my own reasons. Like, um, one of the things that I did at MaxFunCon that was really super interesting to me and the reason why I went to MaxFunCon at all, like, I had been to the other MaxFunCons just because I'm, like, a super nut for that, and I was, like, really into that. And then I had a kid, and I talked myself out of it. Yeah. I, was like, I was like, I'm going to be 40. I'm too old for this. Nobody's going to remember who I was. And, like, that didn't happen at all. And, like, it was totally no problem. Yeah. Um, the first time I missed, I missed next one come three and four. And when I missed number three, I, uh, I had just had our baby. And um, I sat, like, all three days while it was happening and basically drenched her in tears. And it was, it was like, and I thought, you know, once I kind of left that and, like, I was a mom, I would never be able to return. But I found out that that was total BS. But how I justified going this time, Max Funconis, was that the topics for the workshops were so much more, like, cerebral. Like, there were, like, a bunch of skill ones that were creativity-based uh, uh, workshops, which, like, when I had gone the first two times, it was really like summer camp. It was like yeah. arts and crafts. That's the impression that I got from what I'd heard about, you know, heard about them. Yeah, it's either like, it's, I don't even remember all the workshops I took in one and two. But um, these ones, 
at this at this next one con, the Eastern one, I guess because everybody's from New York kind of thing, mm-hmm. it was a lot more intellectual. So um, I was able to take a, a, a workshop on the art of the interview. And I'm a social worker. That's my job. And I have to interview people as part of my job. And I had been a celebrant for quite some time, which was, I would interview couples and write their stories into their weddings. I've never, never heard of such a thing, but that's just neat. It, it, it was a cool job for a while, but what I found out is that people getting married who, like, have a lot of money to spend on it are kind of the people I don't really want to work with. <laughs> that's kind of your market, I guess, if you're a celebrant. Exactly. Yeah. And I worked with one couple that I really loved, and they were, like, basically my first wedding that I ever did that was, like, of note, like, it was a large wedding, mm-hmm. um, and they were so awesome. I'm still friends with them to this day. What my challenge was, was that interviewing people who don't have a, I mean, I guess, you know, the challenge is you can get a story out of anyone, mm-hmm. but if you have two people, especially if, like, they're not 100% honest with themselves. It's a challenge to get the truth out of them. Yeah. Like, and the, I'm very sincere and honest, and I just there's I just want to get to the truth of yeah. things. Now, when people are getting married, I don't think truth necessarily is high on the list of their values. Especially, I mean, a lot of people have bad relationships, and they're getting married anyway. Mm-hmm. Um. So there were times when I saw that people were not going to make it as couples and sort of being there and watching them sort of, you know. Interacting. Yeah, that was really challenging for me. Um, But in addition to that, like, not everybody has an interesting story about how they met or how they fell in love. Some people met at a bar and hooked up. I mean, like, that's not really all that interesting. But, But, you know, there are interesting things about every couple if you right. dig deep enough. But a lot of times people weren't all that forthcoming right. or they didn't get what I was trying to do. They just wanted to kind of get the thing over with. I I, I guess I'm just, you know, it was something I was doing with my spare time. Mm-hmm. I don't really have that much of it anymore, spare time. And in order for it to be interesting or of note to me, it would have to be enjoyable, and I, w- I wasn't finding it all that enjoyable, you know? Yeah. And I think that what really kind of, now that I'm thinking about it, I think that what really kind of bothered me the most was that people weren't being themselves so much as representing an image that they wanted to portray. And well, that's, a very, that's on a wedding day especially. I mean, you know, around... Wedding is a lot about a lot about you know, weddings, especially big weddings, are a lot about image anyway. Yeah, and I think that I kind of didn't dig on that at all. Yeah. And um, I don't have a very good poker face, mm-hmm. so I found it really difficult to like fake smile and like you know, I mean there were lots of couples that I really loved and that who had a lot of really um interesting aspects to them that I never would have experienced otherwise. Like, there was this one couple, they got married in, like, Brighton Beach, Brooklyn, and they were both Russian. And the way that Russian weddings are done was just, like, different than I had ever seen. Like, there was a guy who was, like, a an MC, and he, the whole wedding party was behind the curtain, 
and then they would lift the curtain and each person would be announced. Like, like, and this is, you know, kind of like contestants on a game show. It's really weird. Uh, but it's like, these are minority situations. Like, I, the last wedding I did, it was a guy and a girl who had been his friend's nanny. And it went from she was their the nanny to she worked for him in his office. And they had this, like, really puerile kind of relationship. Like, I'm all for, like, making each other mixtapes and, like, having long conversations and, like, texting each other all the time. I'm all for that. There was something, like, overly cutesy. Like, they were trying to convince themselves that they were in love. I didn't like them on the day that I interviewed with them, but they did tick me. Uh, and then I had to go through with it. And then on the day of, like, the girl turned into Bridezilla. She was just really demanding and, and irritating. And she's like, well, it's my wedding day, and I'm going to get this the way I want it. And I was like, okay. You know, like, I don't like, I just don't like that kind of attitude. It's not... Nobody should should treat anybody like that. Um, at one time, I met with this couple, and uh, I really I thought they were really irritating, and, and because they had nothing to say. The guy was he was like an NFL trainer or something like that, and this woman was like she was beautiful. Like we're talking about like Southern Belle type of beautiful, and I didn't like them, so I gave them a price that I thought was astronomical. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and they totally ponied up the money right then and there. <laughs> so I was like, I guess I got to do it. And then I go to the wedding, and it's the World Cup. And they were like, there's only a little bit of time in between halves. Can you do it in between quarters or whatever it was? And they, they, um, they're like, can we do it now? Like, right now. Like, <laughs> I was like, Okay. And um, it was like, do you, do you? And they were like, yeah. And and uh, then they played the Blue Blue Zella thing, and then it was over. That was the wedding? Yeah. Wow. And and they paid me $800 to do that. Wow. There are two assigns that I, I think are worth mentioning. Yeah. I'm staying with my mother-in-law, and her husband um, was married by, I guess, sort of a celebrant. It, like, in the D.C. area, like, only certain people can marry you because they, they're, like, um, I don't know, sanctioned officiants or something like that. And this guy was, like, a defrocked priest, and he still had the ability to marry pe- people. And this person married them, and I was at their wedding. And at that time, I was making, you know, goo bucks, like, every weekend doing a wedding. Mm-hmm. And he just... He's a, um, my mother-in-law's husband is a, um, he's a art history professor, and he can be kind of a blowhard. But he mentioned, he, he just sort of said at one point, well, I've decided I'm going to become a celebrant. Not like I think you've done such an excellent job, and it's really interesting that you are, uh, you know, that you've decided to do this, and, you know, I... I don't know, no credit to me whatsoever, just I'm going to do it. And then he, he registered with my school, and he only went twice, and they kicked him out. Oh. Because he was, like, 
I don't know, he was very critical and didn't really dig what they had to say, but he's still doing it. And what's funny is I'm not, like, he's he's still marrying people. But, so um, what's required in the, as I guess it's the state of New York? Or in, in in New York City, you have to be registered as an officiant, and you have to have some sort of like congregation endorse you, mm-hmm. um, which you can make up yourself. And right. like my, mine was like the Church of I don't even know the Circle of Conscious Courageous Healing. The Circle of Courageous. <laughs> so are, are you are you the the sole member of the circle of... No, I had, like, a couple of people who signed off on it, like, friends, you know. And if I had to, I could, like, get people to get there for a pop like in my house and have them sign some sort of sign-in sheet for the circle. <laughs> but, um, and there was, like, there were other celebrants who took that, like, duty or that responsibility of being like a New York City celebrant, very seriously. And they would meet with their, quote-unquote, con- congregation, like weekly or bi-weekly or something like that. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. Outside of New York City, you don't really need to be registered. I'm a minister through the Universal Brotherhood. Yes, I'm um, the, the Universal. Now, now, I'm thinking of the Universal Life. Church. Yeah, the Universal Life Church. This is not, you can do the Universal Life Church over the internet. This yeah. is something I had, I had to be ordained and I had to come up with a, uh, some sort of essay or something like that. But I would, but, you know, I have to pay $55 a year. Yeah. To still be part of the Universal Brotherhood, but it's like so vague, I don't even know what that is. <laughs> well, it's no, uh, circle lot. <laughs> no circle <laughs> I don't even know what that means. Like, <laughs> I, I, like, seriously can't. I mean... Well, Universal Brotherhood kind of sounds like it'd be hard to be excluded from that group. We may all be a member of that group. Yeah, I think, I think that's what it comes down to. Yeah. Like, when I was a kid, like, I remember playing with my Star Wars figures and, like, you know, having a marriage ceremony. And, like, my mom... Like, discovering me doing that and, like, thinking it was so weird that I knew, like, the whole speech, you know. You know, dearly beloved, we're gathered today. <laughs> to not this Woody and this robot. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then I um, I met somebody um, at a meeting, a school meeting, who was a celebrant. And I was like, you can become that? And she was like, yeah, you totally can. And at the time, I was, like, I was finishing up some sort of academic program, and then I needed another one to kind of, like, come off of it. Mm-hmm. So I went to school as a celebrant, and I was way more successful at it than I anticipated that I would be. Well, see, I have never heard this term before because down here you, there's no shortage of ministers. I mean, it's just that you, you can't turn around without bumping into a church. It's actually a concept imported from Australia. Is it? Australians were like, we don't want any government official nor any religious official to be in control of us being able to be married. And in in, in Australia, most weddings and funerals are officiated by a celebrant. Hmm. Interesting. So how, how long has it, has it been going on here? I'd say about 
10 years at this point? Or well, I shouldn't feel like too much of an idiot that I haven't heard of this. Well, they desperately, like, the Celebrant the Foundation and Institute would love people to know more about it. Mm-hmm. Um, and they run ads in, like, Psychotherapy Network and uh, Networker and um, Yoga Journal and all kinds of, like, weirdo, well, not weirdo, but friendly magazine. Mm-hmm. Um, and their program is mostly online now. Like, I don't know if they have any in-person classes anymore. Like, a wisdom conference once a year. And one time I presented at the, the wisdom conference about humor and ceremony. About what in ceremony? Humor. Like, haha, funny. Oh, humor. Okay, yeah. I thought that was some uh, technical uh, circle of healing lot term. That wasn't very good. <laughs> uh, well, uh, Elizabeth, thank you so much for letting me talk to you. Oh, no problem. You have a wonderful and, evening, and um, I still don't know who you are or whatever. That's, that's absolutely fine. I, like I said, that's the way I prefer it. But I, I hope your your father uh, is okay and that, you you know, you guys get back in your house. Thank you very much. Actually, our power was turned on. I just found out, like, uh, an hour or two ago. Oh, good. And we're just staying here because our baby's asleep and we didn't, yeah. uh, you know. Well, hopefully you'll be back, back in your home soon and your dad will be able to get another sandwich at some point. All right.